share what uh, what sticks in my mind. A lot of it just sort of is, goes down the. Uh, um, it's like one of the similes that Ajahn Chah uses, images that Ajahn Chah uses, is the image image of uh, the dam uh, building a. Uh, when you build a dam, you've got to build a, a spillway along with it. So if you don't have a have a, a spillway uh, in your practice, then you, uh, the dam breaks. Mm-hmm. That uh, so a lot of stuff has been going down the spillway as well. Mm-hmm. It, uh, Certainly, the uh, uh, you know, one of the what the the way we the uh, the book is eventually going to be structured is in terms of sila samadhi panya, which is Ajahn Chah uh, comes back to those uh, fundamental teachings over and over again. There's hardly a talk really that he gives that, that doesn't address those aspects of, of uh, just the path. And, uh, and I think in, in, in both his teaching as well as his own practice, um, the, the kind of integration of the, the path and the inseparability of, of uh, the path um, was uh, was something that he he emphasized you know, that uh, sila samadhi banya were not different things uh, they were uh, or fundamentally different uh, they were all aspects of a path of training a path of a way of living uh, a way of of uh, uh, you know, penetrating truth. Uh, in the same way that, and he gives uh, the image over and over again of the, like of the, the mango, uh, and in Thai, especially the, in Thai, the, uh, the the image comes off really well because you actually have, he gives the image of the mango uh, when it's a, a bud, when it's a small fruit, when when it's a green fruit when it's a ripe fruit. And they actually have different names for each one. Um, of, uh, mangoes are a big feature in hot season in, in Thailand. So. And they, you actually have you know, different names for each, each part of the, that process of the maturing of, a, of a, the mango. And, uh, and, and Ajahn Chah is saying that you know, the path is ex- Essentially the same, and uh, we've got different names for it, uh, but it's all part of this path of truth. And uh, one part of it is sila, and one part of it is part of the process is samadhi, and another part of the process is is uh, is panya. And uh, but they're not separate. They work uh, work together. They function together. They have to. Uh, they're part and parcel of the whole uh, picture of truth. So that uh, 
in Lung Po's keeping of of they uh, see that both for the lay community as well as the monastics, he was I mean he was very uncompromising. There was there wasn't uh, excuses for not keeping precepts. There wasn't excuses for not being, uh, you know, really using the the training rules and the ways of of uh, restraint uh, for uh, our uh, our benefit. So that uh, you know, there was a there was a, a, a real integrity there and he encouraged everybody to 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 use the the precepts and in particularly uh, you know one using the training precepts for uh, understanding how the the mind works on understanding how intention works um, you keep the precepts uh, in order to uh, establish a standard that creates a certain amount of of, of friction, uh, causes a bit of difficulty in your life, causes some some resistance. That was in in checking the uh, the editing work that the, that wisdom has done. Josh has done. Uh, and Ajahn Chah emphasizes this point, and and uh, and there's this query, and uh, and sort of a stroke through this, you know, the precepts keep, you know, makes for makes for suffering or something, and difficulty causes conflict, and and, uh, and Joshua sort of says, this, he can't have said this. This can't be true, is it? <laughs> it's like. Uh, yes, this is true. It causes conflict. It causes it causes a sense of resistance in in the in the mind. If you're, you know, if you're really going against desires and going against your habits and your conditioning, uh, there's going to be a sense of conflict in the mind. But then, that's what we learn from. Uh, that's what you investigate. That's what you use to understand. Uh, you know what is the way out of suffering? Uh, because if we're, if there's, if there's no conflict, uh, then you know we're keeping our uh, sort of our desire mind and our opinions quite uh, well stoked and well uh, lubricated, and, and uh, nothing uh, gets in the way. So that uh, ideally. The uh, you know the keeping of the precepts is a uh, you know it stops the flow of the of the, de- the desire mind and stops the flow of our our habitual tendencies so that uh, we get an opportunity to look at that watch that and Krishnan Chanta this is a good thing this is something that uh, uh, really does uh, help us to to 
to understand the nature of truth. And it's that's the uh, uh, so right, right from the beginning of of keeping precepts is being used as a tool and being used as a as a uh, a means of of uh, yeah penetrating truth. So that the uh, it isn't just um, kind of a perfunctory standards that you keep to to uh, fulfill some obligation as, uh, in order to uh, to be a card-carrying Buddhist. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's fundamental to the path, uh, or it's not something that you pick up and do uh, for uh, when you're a beginner and then you can dispense with them uh, as you become more adept in the path and, and uh, uh, they're, not, they're not relevant anymore. That's, uh, it, it doesn't work that way. They're, they're part and parcel of the path of liberation, or path of freedom. So that keeping of of, uh, of sila. <coughs> now the uh, there's wonderful images sometimes of of the uh, uh, you know, why why do uh, It's like see like helping us to 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 establish ourselves in doing of that which is good and that which is wholesome and uh, it's like, you know, he's giving he's saying that you know, these people come and ordain and and then they they go out and uh, they want to want to leave the leave the monastery they want to go out and and uh, be out in the world, and even they'll go, you get all fired up to join the army and go off to the front. And so they're, they're they're sort of they're happy to to uh, to do bad things. They're happy to die doing bad things. And so why aren't they happy, you know, just to you know, to stick with doing good things? You know, it's a it's a it's just lovely lovely sort of image having that sense of his both chagrin and and uh, amazement at the human condition where uh, people will will uh, can uh, sacrifice all sorts of things to do to do the unwholesome but to to stay within the the bounds of the wholesome and the good. Uh, it's, uh, it's such a difficult and rare thing. In the training of the mind and in, in uh, developing of, of samadhi, Paul uh, would, would uh, again, sort of the integration of of um, the whole path 
was was very uh, uh, was a very was a key feature. So that sometimes his his uh, uh, instructions in samadhi are frustratingly uh, sparse or uh, uh, seemingly uh, you know, so straightforward as to you know, not giving you much to work with. It's like you know, sit down, watch your breath, uh, be attentive. Uh, to the breath going in, the breath go out, going out, breath will get more subtle, then it'll stop, and you'll be in fourth jhana. You know. It's sort of... It's <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Did I miss something here? <laughs> so, um, that's what it's like. Then that's what it's like in fourth jhana, and that's where you really sort of things get really interesting. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, there are some of the the, the discourses where uh, and and talks where he, he does get a bit more detail. But a lot of the times, it's it's uh, uh, there is a sort of ordinariness um, to to his. Is his teaching and the, uh, but it's also again the sort of the integrated quality where it's it's not something separate from the whole training, and uh, you know the you know some of the images that that, that stick uh, is uh, uh, the say the the image that that he gives of the of the spider. Uh, which is, is sort of one of my favorite images with the, uh, you know, to, in practicing Dhamma. He says, you know, you have to, uh, practicing Dhamma, practice meditation, you don't have to remember all that much, you know, or go very far and just look at a spider and see what a spider does. See a spider weaves its web and, and then, uh, uh, Sits in the center of, the, of its of its web. And he said, uh, and then when a, an, an insect uh, or a fly comes along and and, and touches the the web uh, and gets in contact with the web uh, with the, the stickiness of the web, then the spider rushes out and grabs that the insect and binds it up and, and brings it back to the center where it eats it and consumes it. So he said it's like the, the web is like the, the, the five senses, the external senses, the eye, ear, nose, tongue, and body. And coming to the center is coming to the mind. Thus our mind should be, uh, you know, when we contact, when the senses contact, uh, you know the sights con- contact the, the 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 eye, sound contacts the the ear, and this the mind goes out to to, to uh, apprehend that, brings it back into the the mind, the heart, and then binds it with uh, the say anicchantukanata, uh, seeing it. Experiencing it with 
with mindfulness and then the wisdom of, of seeing its impermanence, its, its unsatisfactoriness, its not-self. Not so that uh, you know, practice is, is, uh, is this wonderfully uh, sort of natural, uh, has, a ver- has a natural quality to it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you know, and that is the uh, we need to to uh, uh, cultivate that sense of, of being attentive to the to the to the senses, uh, being mindful in it, and on each contact, uh, and drawing it into the heart, so that it's uh, both seen clearly and then seen with right view, seen with. With, with right, uh, seen with truth, the truth of Dhamma, and that sense of uh, the, those those characteristics of truth, uh, of impermanence, of unsatisfactoriness, of non-self. Those are not-self. These are the <coughs> ways in which we. See the underlying uh, nature of things. I see their true nature, and thereby able to relinquish, to let go. And similarly, that that theme of of uh, uh, you know, developing the the uh, of that understanding of the senses and. Uh, uh, using the the senses as a means of of uh, say a, a means of liberation rather than seeing them as an obstruction, uh, and this is what makes the mind peaceful, settled, still. And it's not because we don't experience things, uh, but it's because we exp- experience them with mindfulness and wisdom that our minds can become settled, samadhi can be, can be uh, established. Um, it's not a, a, a shutting out. Uh, and that's, uh, as his, Lumpa talks about that, and you've seen, you know, he's, you know, he struggled with meditation, he struggled with, with practice, he tried all sorts of things. And I, and I can still hear the hear the this one talk where uh, it's in the it's in the uh, 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 food for the heart uh, sense contact uh, the one on sense contact and he's talking about when he was a young monk and trying to learn how to meditate and he'd get distracted all the time and he was and it's, and it's, it's these external distractions are really what what is what is the problem. Only I didn't have to be bothered by these external sounds. And in tropical countries, there's always something, something going on, uh, even if it's just the insects. They say in beeswax, which is quite soft, and I rolled it up in balls and stuffed it in his ears, and shut out the, the external sounds so he could be peaceful. And of course, he said. He said, "All that 
Then, of course, it was, was, there wasn't the external sounds, but there was just this sort of <laughs> humming, and it just, I can remember Lopal, it just, you couldn't, couldn't hear anything outside, but there was still this, this sound was bothering me. <laughs> uh, that's not, wasn't the, the sound of the problem, it was the mind that was, was holding it. Now that, uh, and Lung Paul gives another image of, of that uh, understanding the, the uh, uh, understanding the senses and sense contact in order to, to, be, to be truly peaceful as uh, in the, uh, the talk on Tuchopotila uh, where the Tuchopotila uh, is this uh, uh, very learned uh, monk who has many, many disciples, and then you realize, and then it's, uh, it's criticized by the Buddha being, uh, say, knowledgeable but not practicing. So he goes to find a teacher, and of course, uh, he's, got, he's so well known, so respected so many disciples that nobody was willing to teach him. Finally he found this novice who was willing to teach him. He was, novice was an arahant. And uh, uh, the novice's uh, instruction to him was to, uh, using the, the image of, of uh, catching a, uh, a lizard that goes into a, a termite mound. And so then in the termite mound there's six holes or six entrances and exits. And you know, the way that one catches the the lizard is, is to to plug up the because termite mounds are quite large or can be quite large. So it could be just about anywhere. And to plug up the five of the, the entrances and then to be vigilant and stay watching at the at that last that last exit, that last entry point, the last hole. So that the uh, so that guarding the senses of eye, ears, nose, tongue and body and sort of to be very restrained in those to sort of cut those off to be uh, uh, sort of not getting engaged in those and put the attention on the mind so that whatever uh, one experiences one experiences it at the mind uh, and one apprehends uh, more clearly the say the culprit uh, where the problems are being created, so that that uh, that sense of of really bringing all the attention back to the mind, uh, one's observant of the senses, but using restraint and a, a cutting a cutting off in the sense of. Uh, 
not uh, getting uh, infatuated with the the uh, uh, the whole realm of of whether what one sees, hears, smells, tastes, touches is uh, is pleasant or unpleasant, whether it's agreeable or disagreeable, whether it's wanted or not wanted, whether one likes it or dislikes it. Uh, but coming back to the to the mind and where 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 that is experienced, where those reactions are created and formed and proliferated on, that they um, that image of coming back to the the center, coming back to the base, coming back to the one place where everything comes and goes. Uh, this is a you know, really the uh, the way of establishing uh, a stability within the, within the mind, within the heart, establishing samadhi, the uh, the firm uh, firmness of the mind, uh, stability of the mind. One of the things that struck me uh, in Lumpur's um, instructions on developing samadhi, um, he he almost invariably uses uh, mindfulness of breathing as the as the base, um, but then he um, will emphasize a lot on the reflections on the body. Um, Reflections on, on establishing um, the uh, you know those are the two you know in terms of meditation objects those are really the two main main objects but when he and he says, you know, like holding you know, the uh, the context of the of the object, whatever object one uses, or you know, what to, you know, what do we what do we hold? What do we fix the mind on? And he said, you know, one needs to. Fix the mind on a point of balance, okay. so that uh, you know whatever meditation object one is using, or whatever reflection, because there's many reflections, investigations, contemplations that that Lumpa himself used and 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 constantly refers to uh, in the meditation. Uh, but what is important to uh, like to establish the mind on, or fix the mind on, or try to hold the mind is this point of balance. Uh, and I think that's a really important aspect of, of say, of Lumpur's teaching. That the you know, how do we um, hold the, the the mind in a place of balance? Um, because I think Lumpur himself uh, was so uh, gung ho uh, and 
um, you know, that he would, and had so much resolve, that sometimes he could be, uh, he could he could be out of you know, really out of balance, uh, and I think that's the same for all of us, and you know for various reasons. I mean, Lepaul, some I think was sometimes his his extraordinary resoluteness and det- and and determination, but also he was extraordinarily kind of passionate. And, Strong desires, so that, and that, of course, um, experienced many very strong moods, um, and uh, uh, you know, I mean, consequently, the the uh, you know the mind would would swing. So that you know, he certainly, and um, you know. The, Seeing the, the the value, importance, necessity of holding a place of balance uh, within the heart, uh, and and actually bringing that up quite consciously, you know how do how do we create a sense of balance? Um, and uh, for all the you know, and all the different ways that one trains and the ways that one pushes and the ways that one investigates uh, you know, the point of balance is always a point of letting go uh, a point of not clinging um, and of course that is that is really the uh, kind of a, you know, an essential part of, of Lumpur's teaching uh, is that, that the emphasis on, on letting go on and as I, I read the other night uh, about abandonment, you know, it just comes up over and, and over and over again. And that says, you know, in terms of uh, uh, kind of a, a wisdom teaching, uh, that wisdom of letting go, of n- not binding oneself to um, the kind of mechanics of of and dynamics of 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 sen- the sense realm and the sense desires, uh, not getting uh, bound to the uh, opinion making realm that the mind so easily throws up. The whole sense of self, uh, how we. As- the the uh, the relinquishing and letting go of our uh, kind of imaginations of self, how we create a sense of I out of everything. Uh, so that that point of non-clinging, um, relinquishment of letting go, it just comes up over and over and over again, and seeing that. That we, and that's where the investigations and and meditations on impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, not self, four noble truths, uh, these sort of kind of meat and potatoes uh, practices, they, they're fundamental basics uh, that are, are are common, ordinary, 
and uh, but they have very profound uh, results when one is assiduous in applying them. Uh, if one really brings them up into the heart and and really holds them with awareness and clarity and and uh, clear comprehension. Uh, and then to let them go, so that, um, and that there really isn't an alternative to to letting go and relinquishing, because everything else is suffering. And to hold things in a way that uh, increases desire, increases opinions, e- increases uh, our sense of self uh, on the I position. It's just more suffering, and why would you do it? Why would anybody do it? Um, and it's sort of, when one reads Ajahn Chah's teachings, it's just, right, and it's sort of so clear. Uh, and then one puts it down and gets into some cloud of delusion again. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, it's to hear it coming from such a clear place, uh, reminds one that that is, you know, really is possible, and it's possible for everybody. That that, that uh, bringing those those uh, those those teachings up and and really applying them, using them in the meditation. Uh, when one gets up from the meditation, to to carry them with one, to call, to to apply them. Uh, to not drop the, uh, those uh, applications of uh, mindfulness and clear comprehension and reflection and investigation, uh, uh, to not uh, yeah to not let them drop away, but to carry carry them with one uh in in all postures in all situations and you start real start seeing the the mind revolving around them more and more and that's where the where uh i think one of the the elements that that uh, of lumpa's teaching that uh comes up in uh, so many different situations is the uh, uh, where Lumpur sees very clearly the, that relationship between the, the conventional and the transcendent. Uh, in, in Thai, it's, a, it's samut and vimut. Uh, and uh, samut is sort of the whole realm of, of convention, determined reality, uh, how we suppose things to be uh, in just ordinary idiom. If you if you sort of sense somewhat why, sort of suppose it was like this, and, and that's sort of a, a support, you know, suppositions that we 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 create around the conventional realm of of uh, a being, a, a world, and, uh, good and evil. Uh, Happiness and suffering; these are all sort of created things that that uh, 
are formed out of the conventional realm, and we keep reacting to them, we keep uh, tinkering with them, we keep, keep uh, being fascinated by them, we're aghast by them, uh, we uh, consider them to be me and mine, uh, and of course they're uh, constantly uh, creating problems for us. Whereas the whole realm of Vimutti in, in Pali uh, is liberation, is freedom. And by seeing through, by penetrating, and by relinquishing the whole realm of the, of the conventional and the, 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 the supposed and determined elements of, of existence, uh, we can live in, experience, uh, penetrate the, the realm of the transcendent. And that's something that we can do uh, in the present moment, uh, in the, uh, it, it's, it's because of our experience and seeing clearly of the, uh, uh, of the conventional realm that we can experience that we ex- uh, can experience the, the transcendent. Uh, uh, it's not that one uh, destroys the uh, conventional realm; it no longer exists, and we can just dwell in the in the uh, in the transcendent. Um, it's like one sees clearly, so clearly, the the uh, the conventional realm, but it's it's also how we have we. We have to live uh, within the forms of con- conventional forms. It's just that uh, as long as we have a body and mind, as long as we have a life force, uh, we have to live within that that uh, container. We have to uh, rely on uh, conventions. It's learning how to use them skillfully. It's like Lumpas is the, you see, it's like, it's, you know, you know from the realm of, of uh, or the, you know, the perspective of the transcendent, I and mean, we don't have any, we're not a being, we're not a, uh, not an individual entity, where uh, we didn't have any, don't have, didn't have any names, those are all conventions. And said, but, you know, you can't, you know, to function on a day-to-day basis, you've got to use conventions. You can't it's just a, like everybody uh, is is a person. But if you're in a group and you want to call somebody, you can't just sort of say person, person, person. Uh, you've got to use names. Uh, uh, I want to call Obasu or Pasuko. They use the names. You're sort of calling out in the group. Uh, person that like this done and it doesn't work. It might be true according to tra- uh, transcendent, but it doesn't work well in the, in the real world. So that the, uh, the, the teaching that Paul gave was just so immensely, you know, one it was, uh, say, a brilliantly attuned to the, to the transcendent and to, to liberation. But it was also uh, practically tied to 
uh, how to live and function and and uh, be a uh, harmonious and beneficial force within the conventional realm as well. So that the uh, uh, that teaching of of uh, the conventional and transcendent. Uh, there's something that that he saw, uh, you know, penetrated very clearly, and that uh, you know, and how say how badly we're stuck in the in the conventional, uh, how easily we're we're fooled by the the. Uh, Kind of the determined, conditioned realm, so that to to bring it into question, uh, to investigate it, to try to understand that, you know, what is it that keeps us trapped, and what is the realm of freedom? So those are a few thoughts that have come up over the the distillation of of, of what I what I've been reading and just thought I share that with you. by the world, 
being impinged on, being uh, swamped by the world, being threatened by the world, being enticed by the world, being confused by the world, all the permutations of how we uh, think the the world around us is is uh, you know, from reality. <coughs> And you know, there's, or we get very uh, obsessed with ourselves, me and my problems, me and my difficulties, me and my specialness. and my need for my recognition, whether it's being recognized as wonderful, worthy, or recognized as in our true reality of how unworthy and hopeless we are. It's the uh, uh, all of these things sort of take uh, get very large on the screen. Uh, that's how we experience um, life, and uh, that's how the Buddha, um, the Buddha expressed it. Is they say what is uh, say what, what takes precedence. Loka Tipadaya, the world taking precedence. Atta Tipadaya, the self taking precedence. But there's also another way. Dhamma Tipadaya, the Dhamma taking precedence taking precedent, um, not looking on experience uh, from the viewpoint and the, the uh, uh, placing the world as central to uh, things or me, the self, as central to things, but Dhamma as central. Uh, truth is central, uh, and this is a, course, a radical shift. Um, as long as we view things in terms of either the world or of self, then we'll continue to suffer. <coughs> we'll continue to to experience unsatisfactoriness and be discontent. Uh, but the, the placing of uh, Dhamma firmly in the 
center of how we uh, view things, experience things, um, is uh, yeah. This this is the way out of the, out of out of suffering. This is the way to to peace. So that the looking uh, on what we and the way of looking at things of Dhamma as you know, looking on it centrally rather than you know this the whole structure of the five khandhas um, looking on things as the form, feeling, perceptions, uh, volitional formations, and consciousness. Um, you know, this is what is experienced. Um, and this is what experiences. It's both. Uh, but it's just that, it's just form, whether it's, you know, for all the variegated, multifarious, forms that we see or or even hear smell taste touch uh, it's all form just physical form and whether it's external or internal it's just form whether it's this body the body of others it's just form um, and whether it's refined or coarse it's just form. You know, whether it's wanted or unwanted, it's just form. You know, so that to to, uh, to to and that's looking on it as dhamma. This is this is uh, rather than you know once we get into the the realm of the the world or the self, then it uh, it just keeps proliferating into the. Uh, into the to the realm of you know is it attractive is it unattractive is it uh, is it conducive to uh, security or is it or is it is it fearful uh, should I should I get it or should I run away from it um, so that the uh, uh, but the way the Buddha is is having us look at things in order to be free is to look on it in terms of this is just form. Uh, it's just physical form, material form consisting of four elements. So, earth, water, fire, air, which are just signifying the, you know, whether solidity or cohesion or uh, movement or uh, caloricity, heat or lack of heat, uh, that uh, this is just form. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's an interesting reflection to 
to bring out, you know, whether the or, or the, you know the form is is uh, you know whether it's useful or aging, whether it's sick or it's healthy. It's just form, so that that it uh, uh, you know takes that the. the Either the the personal or the proliferative out of it, and it's just it's just form. And so that, and this is, <coughs> if we really want to uh, experience freedom, then we this is this is a way out. This is a way to um, the, the the Buddha gives us this this opportunity to. Uh, you know, to look at things in a different way. And the feelings, you know, on, on the, so in the mental realm, uh, you know, feelings and how, and certainly how we experience things for ourselves. You know, to investigate, you know, you know, when we experience feeling, you know, what do we, you know, what are we experiencing? Pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, a neutral feeling. And then, of course, the whole edifice of, of desire and aversion and delusion is built up out of that. But what we originally experience is just a feeling. In terms of how we uh, experience the uh, the world around us or ourselves, uh, there's always this feeling tone. with each moment of experience. And it, you know, it has, has that, and just that, that, that basic quality, you know, pleasant, painful, neutral. Uh, the, uh, but as the Buddhist uh, points out, that, that since the, the, the pleasant has the underlying tendency to desire uh, sort of lurking there. The painful has the, the uh, underlying tendency within the, within the mind to, to toward aversion. And the neutral has the underlying tendency to delusion. Uh, so that way uh, and as long as we don't see it clearly, don't investigate it, don't pay attention to it, or not, uh, and don't establish a sense of, of uh, caution and clarity, then, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll take it and run with it. So you just, you know, a moment, a moment of pleasure can, can uh, uh, 
seeking desire uh, a moment of aversion can can just create complications in life that last for years lifetimes and uh, And then it's just a feeling. And it's just, it's just so ephemeral. And it just arises and it bubbles. And that's what you say the image that the Buddha uses. And the feelings are like bubbles. They just, a bubble sort of establishes itself. Shortly, and it just the bubble bursts, and there's nothing left there. There's nothing there. There wasn't anything there. Uh, it's just this feeling. So the Buddha has us <coughs> encourages us to to contemplate. As I uh, contemplate pleasant feeling as painful. Uh, painful feeling as uh, a dart, as a, as a, uh, a, uh, a barb sticking in it. And neutral feeling to contemplate it as, as impermanent. Which, I mean, all of, the, all of them are impermanent, but to, to really, to, you know, this is, for to really bring us up into the mind, bring us up into this, onto the screen. When we're contemplating these five khandhas as a means of, of uh, really trying to establish the heart in Dhamma, establish the heart in truth, rather than just running around after our uh, blind habits and conditioning. Um, something to, to stop the, the, the mind from it habitual ranting and and uh, and, and uh, clambering after uh, just the next experience or you know blind reaction the Buddha you know, pointing looking at, at what we what we think is pleasant you know how pleasant is it actually how much, how much do we, how much do we, you know, invest in hopes of gratification over, over even just the whiff of pleasant feeling? Wapapong and uh, it was just that, that worry and concern of getting caught up and swept swept up in, in things I had this and it's just something that came you know, some random thought that came up through his mind was it you know, as a uh, and he wrote it up and put it in his the wall of his cookie don't sell your ass for a marshmallow. <laughs> just, you 
you know, it's just, you know, there are very, various permutations which we all have personally, what we're, what we're grab after something which we perceive as pleasant and uh, compromise all of our ideals and hopes and aspirations. Uh, so that to, to really, uh, yes, but, you know, challenge that, that uh, you know, what we think is pleasant and things. Because what we, what we think is pleasant is always, it's always changing on us. We're always being separated from it. Do we ever have it long enough to truly satisfy and gratify and make us really happy? Never happens. Never, never happens. And to look on uh, what is uh, say painful experience as a, as a, as a barb, as something which is um, it's like the uh, in the Buddhist time, you know, the the image of a of a of a barb or an arrow being being shot into one, uh, or the bar I say of one is especially in tropical countries. You go walking anywhere, and there's there's, there's, there's always this in the forest in particular. Uh, this w- wonderful plethora of of uh, creepers and vines and plants that all have have stickers and barbs and spikes and thorns on them that uh, always manage to get stuck in into one. But once there, you see, once you 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 get a uh, a thorn or a, a uh, you know, one has to one has to pull it out. Uh, one has to take it out. You can't live one's life uh, walking uh, walking around with with these uh, barbed things sticking in one. So that you know, painful feeling. We look on and you know, how do we how do we not get caught in this? How do we not uh, Keep exacerbating experience with more painful, ex- painful feelings. And looking on neutral feeling as as impermanent, because uh, neutral feeling is there's a you know, say that underlying tendency to delu- delusion, not seeing clearly, or drifting, or uh, Losing one's clarity, sharpness, mindfulness, so that to to really bring up that perception of impermanence, uh, what is neutral, what is 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 not as pleasant as painful. This is this is very going to very quickly going to change. What is it when it changes? What is it going to change into? What what's you know, what's coming up? Is it just going to be a roll of the dice, or am I going to have some mindfulness and clarity to deal with it? Um, so that the uh, bringing up that the perception of impermanence, that uh, working with 
feeling and you know, it's an aspect of the khandhas, really. Uh, but it's, a, you know, it's an extraordinarily important aspect of the khandhas because the, uh, this is where, um, <coughs> you know, one of the fundamental building blocks of all of our thinking and proliferating is feeling, because the other one is perception, uh, sanya, uh, the, the uh, uh, in Thai, uh, a, uh, it's a perception is is uh, translated as some kind of my, which is is uh, you know we place importance and meaning. You know what gives things importance and meaning uh, is what perception does. Uh, and another function of perception is memory. Of course, you know, we, we create importance and meaning out of memory, uh, the sort of memory banks of uh, what, uh, what we, uh, you know, what was, what, was, what was pleasant, what was unpleasant, what was liked, what was disliked, what was approved of, what was disapproved of, what was essential, what was unessential, uh, you know, besides the whole realm of, of, you know, what was, you know, what actually are things, what are the names of things, I mean, it's sort of the naming quality as well, that we look at something and, and call it anything is because of perception. So, you know, looking at a at a tree. I mean, it isn't a tree. Uh, I mean, we don't experience trees. What we experience are shape, color, and um, it's perception that, that uh, remembers that that particular shape configuration. Uh, is a tree. That's what's called a tree. Which, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. See? But then what, you know, it also, perception is, is uh, you know, when we, we're in any particular situation, situation, and it's what configures the, the kind of, uh, you know, our uh, value that we, yeah, the importance and meaning that we place on, on, on something, uh, so that, you know, some of it is your memory. And whether we're conscious of it or not, this, you know, the, the, percep- the perception is forming uh, uh, these values and, and judgments about things, and giving us food for uh, you know, how to gauge and judge a, a particular um, situation or person. 
emotionalness. <coughs> in uh, in Thailand in early years, yes, early years as a monk, and and uh, you know watching the whole realm of perception creating. Yeah, importance and meaning out of things that I had no idea. It's like it was one. That's one of the wonderful things of sort of stepping out of one's culture as well, and and uh, uh, we're on completely unfamiliar territory, and the mind is scrambling to make importance and meaning out of everything, and. Uh, it, uh, it was, it's just, uh, the, the addiction to, to, uh, trying to fit something into a, a familiar slot and then having, a, having a, a name for it, having a, a, a particular feeling for it. And it's sort of like, and it goes to, you know, Familiar things, or from, you know, like seeing something and then disliking it, uh, you know, and not because we we have any experience. This is why, especially being in a in a, a, a situation where where culturally completely uh, unknown. Uh, I have no history with pe- with the people. Uh, still, the mind is sort of spinning out uh, stories and judgments and uh, trying to come up with the other uh, sort of important uh, importance and meaning. Uh, and the, the thing is, is our mind is doing this all the time uh, when we when we meet. Somebody, or when we see somebody, we see what they're doing. This whole col- uh, collection and collected body of experience that we turn to, and mm-hmm. place uh, you know, a value on it. This is important in some way. Is it? Uh, is this going to be pleasant or unpleasant? Should I approve of it or not approve of it? Is this going to be, is this going to be good or bad? And the perception is already start. I mean, start. You're already sort of uh, putting that perception on it, and then you come up with the reasons after it, and you can, you know, and you can find all sorts of reasons to support whatever basic perception you perceive. Uh, Somebody in a way that, that you don't like. Uh, it's just a, a basic perception, and it could it might not have anything to do with that person at all. It could be because you're actually in a bad mood internally, uh, or attraction in the same way. And then the, and then the mind proliferates around it. That seeing that, you know, I mean, this is just khandas, aggregates. 
translation really of kanda, lumps, lumps of being, groups, groups of how the, just groups of, of function within the, within the, within our being. There's the form function, there's the feeling function, perception function. Um, and they interact, they, there's no sort of hard and fast division between them and, and, uh, 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 they affect each other but it's useful for reflection so the seeing how that how that works mental formation uh, reflecting investigating the kind of uh, uh, And this is where we get engaged. Um, the feeling and perception are are more passive, in the sense of they're they're and more in kind of instinctual, for for lack of a better word. Um, there's a uh, uh, they're more fundamental to the process of 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 our our being and uh, but then um, the the volitional formations uh, may they have that quality of volition intention one is engaged one is pick it up and one's engaging in it one has and volition is karma creating karma with uh, with those thought formations and whether those thought formations are wholesome or unwholesome whether they're wise or foolish um, or whether they're clear or confused is dependent on those thought formations and we there, there's intention there. <coughs> the all the the whole range of of experience of of whether or just experience experiencing angry negative thoughts, opinionated, self-centered thoughts. Sublime thoughts of compassion, sympathetic joy. Well, those are all volitional formations. Mindfulness is a volitional formation. Wisdom is a volitional formation. We actually choose. Uh, so that, uh, you know, to, to uh, have the, the clarity to, to be able to uh, understand this whole process of how the how the khandas work, uh, because because of the 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 nature of dhamma in that uh, 
all actions have a result, uh, we experience uh, the fruits of what we what we say, what we do, what we think. No, no, uh, and are we um, going to take responsibility for that? That's the, uh, that's the whole sort of crux of practice. And the opportunity that the Buddha gives us, one to take responsibility for it, and to, to be actually liberated within those, those khandhas. that to to uh, bring attention wisdom um, wise consideration to the, the experience of these five khandhas um, to experience them in the way of dhamma rather than in the way of just getting caught up in the world or getting caught up in the self let's see uh, Lopacha, can remember one of the images he used for, for talking about the khandhas is that the, you know, it's like uh, a, a house or you know, seeing a house and somebody call it, calling from the house it's like a, a uh, it seems like a, a friend or seems like somebody who is, is we're familiar with and know. And you go to the you go to the house and you open the door and they they pull out a gun and shoot you. Uh, it's what our kindas do. They call they call out to us. This is me. Or this is the you know this is the world this is your, your friendly your friendly world talking <laughs> and uh, and it uh, you know it hits us and we wonder uh, why did why does it hurt why, why did it why why did this disappoint why didn't it satisfy and the thing is is it's never satisfied <laughs> it's never uh, given security, it's never given given a sense of of refuge. Uh, 
that as the Khandas have always been, sort of deceiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, particularly the Khandas, uh, the, I mean, the Upadana Khandas, Khandas are um, affected by clinging. And, and as long as we, we still have greed, hatred, and delusion, they're affected by clinging. So, uh, on a certain level, it's academic. Yeah. What are the, you know, which is the khandas and which are the, which are the, 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 the khandas that are affected by clinging? Um, you know, until we really get our act together, then it's, it's, uh, they're, they're all affected by clinging. So that, uh, to be able to, uh, reflect and investigate. Um, and use it as a, you know, we have to use it. If we don't understand this, um, you know, we're, we're, the, uh, you know, we're always drawn back into the, you know, the world or the self. And so that we, we have, we have to understand these concepts. We have to. And this is where we're liberated. I mean, this is where we're, where we're able to be free as well. Um, there's this um, wonderful discourse where where it's uh, uh, asks uh, Venerable Sariputta about you know some basic you know ask you know well what's the Fundamentals of practice for for a uh, you know somebody who's who's training somebody who's who's you know, say a, a, a practitioner a bhikkhu and uh, sorry but the, he says well basically the practice is is this, you know, investigating the five kinds of form, feeling, perception, volitional formations and consciousness as impermanent and satisfactory and not self. And so then if one uh, you know, is diligent in that and, and practices properly, one would uh, experience um, they would they, uh, um, they would experience stream entry and uh, would have a, a an insight into into Dhamma and then so then Mahakajita asked well, what well what's the what's the practice for a, somebody who's a stream entry um, so I put this while you investigate the form, feeling, perceptions, volitional formations, and consciousness as impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not self. He said, and you would, you know, then until you experience uh, uh, the, uh, and the, the fruits of, of that when coming into, into fruition by uh, experiencing the, the level of, of uh, Sakadagami, once returner. Of course, he goes through the whole thing. Uh, you know, that brings the results of 
once return or brings the results of, of non-return or anagami, brings the results of arahantship, fully liberated. And, uh, and then uh, Mahakotita says, you know, well, what's the volitional formations and consciousness as impermanent, unsatisfactory, not self. And he says, and the, you know, the fruits of that are, and he said, just, how do you say, how do you put it, uh, something like a, a pleasant abiding here and now and, uh, and uh, mindfulness and clear comprehension. These are the, these are the, the fruits of, you know, even for an arahant, then, Still, the the, uh, the investigation is, is there, uh, reflection, consideration, seeing things clearly, seeing things in, the, in their true nature. So, taking these these five khandhas uh, and uh, and investigating them, uh, practicing with them, working with them, uh, understanding them. Uh, this is, you know, these are our tools. This is what we have to work with. This is sort of the raw material of our practice. Uh, we don't actually have anything else. Uh, you know, this is actually all we have. It is for volitional formations and consciousness. And, uh, and it can be, you know, held, applied, uh, perceived in, in all sorts of different ways by, by drawing attention to it and really to how do I hold this in terms of Dhamma? Uh, then we have a, an opportunity to really transform uh, those khandhas which are subject to clinging to which are uh, informed and steeped in, in truth and wisdom and qualities of, of uh, love and kindness and compassion. So that which is to our, our benefit and to the benefit of everybody else. Is this this are these five khandhas. creating creating suffering for ourselves and sort of creating suffering for various other five khandhas around. So it's just a learning, learning to understand and use these khandhas. So it's a, a fruitful realm for investigation. So I'll offer that for contemplation. Anmayam, Sadhu Saram.